Blog Talk Radio. I think your girl post a BM. So I hit her in the DM. All eyes, yeah, I see him. Yeah, that's your man, I hate to be him. It go down in the DM. It go down in the DM. It goes down in the DM. It go down in the DM. Snapchat me that pussy. Tell me that pussy if it's cool Boy, my DM pop My DM just caught a body I got celebs in the DM They breaking news if they see him But nah, we don't do no talking We just suck shit too often Fuck, nigga I think your girl post a BM So I hit her in the DM All eyes, yeah, I see him yeah, that's your man, I hate to be him It go down in the DM It go down in the DM Alright, welcome to the Wednesday Night Wind Down With your host, Shamor and Shakir How are you this evening, sir? Nothing to complain about. Nothing to complain about. Oh, you sound like you were ready to kick it. I have my days. <laughs> well, I'm glad you chose to have your day with us. Oh, we have a guest this evening, so we're not just going to be kicking it by ourselves. Um, and no then worries. We have a we have some uh, conversation that um, I actually saw you post something earlier in the week that could kind of go under this, uh, talking about social media in the hands of our children. Uh, I saw you post a video of a takedown at a school to go to fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, our kids like to record that stuff and post that up. So, um now that's gonna be one of those things we weave into our conversation as well. So it's really interesting. All right, so um to not hold anybody up any longer, we're gonna go ahead and bring our guest on. We have Miss Totten a carpenter here and we're gonna find out about what's going on, the latest project. Um, things that you can go ahead and check out that are already out there so you can get to know Miss Carpenter a little bit better. So go ahead and bring her in. Good enough. How are you, Miss Carpenter? I'm great. I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good, good. And then we have, of course, we have Mr. Shakir. How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I cannot complain, dear. Cannot complain. Okay. All right. So basically, we want to get to know any and everything we can about you and your work. Uh, I know that you are a poet. Mm -hmm. 
but you're an author as well. Yes. Okay, so we want to um, make sure that everybody knows that you have both ends of the spectrum covered. Yeah, I um I like to consider or call myself the literary Jane of erotic literature. Uh, <laughs> so it's like you know, okay. like if you have like the whole like the phrase of like a you know jack of all trades. Um, but like you know, there's a jack of all trades, master of none. But I like to consider myself like you know the Jane of you know the various uh, writing genres. But I spice them all up with you know something erotic. So um, okay. <laughs> so yeah, I have a lot of um, uh, like singles, like short stories that are published on Amazon. So you can grab them for your Kindle that um, have like various. Um, themes and genres, so I have, like, some historical fiction, I have, like, you know, some vampire stories, like, you know, some state love, some good old, you know, just good urban, you know, gritty, um, grittiness, and, you know, also, um, you know, some multicultural, you know, uh, fish out of water, you know, kind of things as well. But um, the common theme or common thread is that, you know, I'm going to try to heat it up. So, um, you know, something in there is going to be a little hot for you. So, there's, you know, depends on yeah. the temper- the, your temperature, like, you know, how you want it. You know, hopefully something is mm-hmm. going to play out or um, appeal to you and to your needs. So um, but also, somebody's getting you know, busy uh, a lot in of, all of writing. I'm sorry, say that again. I said, somebody's getting busy in your writing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, lately I've been doing a lot more poetry, and, you know, that also gets pretty erotic sometimes, too, so. Okay. So I know that my co-host's ears perked up. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I have uh, some light spirits in this place tonight. Okay. <laughs> And so uh, your latest um, project that you have, uh, you're working on currently, mm-hmm. you want to tell us a little bit about what you got going on now? Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment, I just, you know, I've, um, it's been mostly like smaller projects with um, some articles and poetry and things like that. So I haven't had anything um, like a larger project as of recently, um, just kind of, you know, life just, you know, takes over. You've got, like, the day job and the family and, you know, all that stuff. And sometimes, you know, your passions get a little, you know, I'm not trying to, like, leave anything on the back burner. I'm still, you know, I'm writing a whole lot more than I have for the last few years. But, um, okay. I, yeah, I just haven't had anything uh, major out since uh, the last thing I, I published out was um, around Halloween. So I have, like, a sequel to my vampire story. I, um, I published a sequel to that. So um, if you um, like a good vampire thriller, well, it, it definitely turned out to be more um, ironic than um, frightening, but, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, um, it's called um, Thick Blood and Thick Blood 2. So basically you've got, like, a Kingston Walker who um, he's not just a vampire. He's a world-class freak. And he likes himself, you know, a little, little, um, little bit of a big girl. And you know, if you know she's got some kind of bleeding going on, you know, he's gonna like her a little bit more. So it's gonna like definitely cross some lines there, but I think he would still enjoy it. Interesting. 
Um, so tell me what what it is that drives your writing to be more erotic than, you know, like you said, a fearful vampire book. What angled that um, your mind towards, hey, let me add this other part into here? Um, all right, so for this particular story, I mean, it's, with Shakira on the line, it's like, I'm sorry, it, it, it gets to be a little girl talk is Shakira. You have to roll with it for a second. <laughs> but, you know, it's basically... I'm not um, complaining. <laughs> it's, it's just kind of like, um, uh, gosh, all right, here we go. So he, 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 he really enjoys menstrual blood. Um, <laughs> so it kind of like, uh, kind of like played out with... Um, you know, uh, women that we, you know, we kind of have, like, our, some of us just have, like, some, like, some issues and things like that, you know. So, like, you know, I've dealt with, like, urine fibroids, you know, various things like that. So it's sort of like that becomes, like, a part of your life where you kind of, like, um, have to reschedule some of your world around, like, certain things that happen happening to you biologically. And so it's like, you know, I just kind of, like, you know, made me think of, you know, who would love, you know, that sort of situation, no, no one other than a vampire, um, obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> he wouldn't mind mm-hmm. at all, you know, that, you, you know, you um, might have uh, Mother Nature might have, like, taken you by surprise or, you know, something like that. And so it just kind of, like, played mm-hmm. out to, um, you know, this, this you know, this girl who, um, her name is Lavish, and, you know, she likes nice things, and she's partying at the club with her girls, and, you know, all of a sudden, boom, if, you know, Mother Nature doesn't take her by surprise, and, like, you know, mm. even though she takes care of it, you know, it's just that, you know, the only person that would pick something like that up is, like, you know, a vampire that, you know, his his nose is going to perk right up to something like that. Nobody else is going to be able to know. But, you know, she walked by, and now, like, all the little, you know, chicks he's been checking out, thinking about feasting on and stuff like that, and they all look like a, like a snack to him, at, you know, at that point in time because, you know, this full-fledged feast just walked past him, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, you know, everything kind of, like, stops, and now, you know, it's, like, this whole entire thing of how do they get together, and, like, you know, the the fire and passion that comes out of all that, you know, and then, you know, at the end of it is, like, um, so you're a vampire, are you going you gonna to bite her, are you going to eat her, are you going to kill her, are you going to eat you know, what's going to happen, and, um, you know, it just kind of, like, you know, plays out right there, so... I think you would enjoy it. It is it is a shorter read, so you know definitely if you can um, you can uh, take it all in in one single serving. Um, I have it available on Amazon, um, and you'll see it um, for ninety nine cents. So it's like definitely you know check it out. It's, you know it's, it's take a risk on it, but I think you would enjoy it. And then the the sequel is actually the prequel, um, Thick Blood 2, because when um, Thick Blood came out, a lot of people were just very, very intrigued by this Kingston Walker, this this vampire, who's, you know, um, sexy and charismatic, and, like, where did he come from? What's this whole entire story? And so I went back to um, where he first became a vampire. So that's a little mixture of historical fiction along with the, you know, supernatural and erotica. So it's a, it's a good blend of everything there. Okay. Okay. Uh, and so some of the things that you put into your uh, writing, does, is it, you know, all fiction? Is it stuff that you've seen somewhere, stuff that you maybe want to experience, have experience? Mm-hmm. 
how authentic do you uh, make your um, erotic pieces? Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, I I feel like as a fiction writer, you need to ground it in some kind of truth somewhere, um, depending on what it is. So something real is going to be in it because um, that makes a lot of other things believable. It's like, sure, it's like I've got a vampire, you know, <laughs> but it's like something mm-hmm. else is like believable, you know, that's like real about it. Like, you know, I've, I've had like a problem with like you and Cyborg. So I, like that comes to that particular, you know, story. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just, it can vary. I've got um, some stories that um, kind of came out of dreams where, like, some scene in a dream just, like, once you woke up, it was like, whoa, you know, that was very, it was so real that it was, like, it was more than a dream. And um, so my, I have a novel, Find, um, Find a Penny, that actually um, came out of, like, this really weird dream that I had about, you know, kind of, like, coming out of a nightclub, you know, you're just hanging with your girls and stuff like that, and you just kind of, like, go out the side door because you don't, you're trying to, like, get away from some of the drama at the front door. I don't know if that's happening to anybody else. But, um, <laughs> you know, um, coming, you know, coming out, like, the side door and stuff like that, and so you're, you know, like, in, in this dream. So you can imagine in this I dream everything is kind of <laughs> – In this dream, like, everything is <laughs> – In the dream, like, everything is really, you know, kind of, like, you know, like – Twilighty, you know, like it's kind of bluish in this, this little dark alley, and like I'm finding all this change on the ground, and you know I'm like thinking that whole thing, find a penny and pick it up, and all day long you have good luck, you know things like that, and then you know I just it almost just is like it's it's a very weird like it's, there's nothing very significant about the dream other than like I'm finding all this change, and like when I get around towards like the front part of the club is like you know there's this purse that's on the ground that has been, you know, scattered all down and stuff like that. And so I, like, put everything back together again and, like, you know, knock on the door and, like, give, like, you know, turn it into the bouncer. Like, I just found this, you know. And now, now mind you, that doesn't seem like anything major, you know, as a dream. But for whatever reason, when I woke up, it just kind of stuck with me. And I was, like, thinking, like, oh, my God, my fingerprints are all over that. What if something happened to that girl? <laughs> you know, I'm going to be, like, suspect number one. And all it was was just a coincidence of finding this stuff, you know. And so, you know, I don't know. That story just kind of, like, stuck with me. And before you knew it, I just it just started coming out into, you know, this whole novel with, you know, like – um you know, it's, it's a mystery, and there's, like, you know, a sexy love triangle going on, and, you know, is somebody a murderer? You know, is she dating a murderer? You know, did he kill um, his girlfriend? You know, is she going down for the crime, too? You know, that sort of thing. So it kind of, you know, that came out of a dream, but, you know, he just kind of, like, kind of put some reality into it, but just, like, you know, certain, like, locations and, you know, you kind of like have like composite yeah. characters of people, you know, it might be three different people you know, but all of them come together as one character, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. All right. Uh, so what what kind of got you, or how long have you been in to writing? What, where did you start? Did you start as a, as a, as a uh, author with, you know, writing short stories, or did you start as, you know, a poet, and then it evolved into that? Where, how did you kind of break into? Um, well, writing in general, or I guess that my love for writing started back, I know the fourth grade stands out because we always have like, the, you know, you have like your list of vocabulary words and 
my teacher would give us, you know, or our, our teachers, because it kept going on with all the different grades, we would get, um, you would have to create a story out of the vocabulary words. And so I used to um, enjoy um, writing these wild stories, like slasher stories, like killing my classmates. Uh, <laughs> now I feel really like, okay, okay, she was an odd little kid. Wasn't she odd? <laughs> no. <laughs> But it was, like, it was more for, like, the laugh, because it started out with, like, you know, somebody else, like, picking on me or something like that, you know, and then my, in my story, you know, they get killed by some killer zit that explodes and drowns them, and next thing you know, it's like, you know, the zit takes over the whole school. It's just, like, you know, crazy stuff like that, but, you know, you have, like, you're, you know, I'm, like, thinking, you know, this person, I'm getting back at them or something like that. And next thing you know, like, everybody in the class is just cracking up. So now, it's like, oh, you got an audience. It's like, whoa, you know what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. I've got something here. And so you may have to outdo yourself every time. And then, like, other kids start trying to take on challenges and, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, you know, hey, wait a minute, I started this whole thing. You're not going to outdo me. So it just kind of, you know, kept going with, like, you know, I love writing from there. Um yeah took a whole bunch of different roads this way and that way. There was, like, poetry. There was, you know, journalism. There was, you know, more writing, um, you know, college degrees and publishing my own, and you know, just stuff like that. So it just kind of, I can say, I can kind of pinpoint everything back to the fourth grade. But, you know, okay. writing itself has just been very, very, it's just it's various. It's just whatever kind of is going on at the moment. So. That's my writing. <laughs> wow. So that's a, I mean, and that's a, I particularly enjoy that story. I, I'm glad to hear that something started in school that could endure for this amount of time and, you know, be so, you know, such a passion that wasn't mm-hmm. stifled by education, you know. Yeah. So that's good. That's cool. All right. So what? Where do you find yourself uh, enjoying writing the most? What genre do you enjoy writing in the most? Mm-hmm. I, hmm. I'm like, you know, that's a good question <laughs> because it's like, like I said, sometimes <laughs> it just really comes about like what is, you know, kind of like on my mind at the moment, which is, it's it's one of those things where it's like you know the the I guess the branding of trying to be you know this you know like because that's such varied interest you know my genres are all over the place but you know just to kind of like narrow it down to keeping it with um, the thread of erotica that can kind of keep them tied together but I feel like that also gotcha. can hurt because you got like you know well I really like when you write science fiction but I don't like when you write historical fiction or I really like when, you know <laughs> things like that so it's right. Kind of, like, it can flip around. I have, like, you know, some stories. Like, I'm – it's wild because I'm not the biggest, like, reader of historical fiction. Like, I'll, you know, there's, like, stuff that you read because, like, oh, that's a good book. So, you know, so many people, you know, recommend it, so you might read it. But it's, like, I'm not, like, oh, I have to go out and, like, read, like, all the historical romances that I can get my hands on. And, yeah, like, one of my favorite stories is the historical fiction I wrote called A Bondage and Freedom, which is, you know, a slave love story. So, you know what I'm saying? It's, like, it's, it's just, it's just, it's varies so much. So there's, like, you know, things that I just, it just, it just takes over. And, you know, what comes out of it just does. Um, I, I guess anything that... Um, I guess anything that I can I can connect to um, just 
I want to say just, you know, good human, um, just, you know, good human instinct or, you know, things that just kind of like um, a human story. You know, it's like, you know, short might be something passionate or there might be something erotic to it, but, you know, there's always going to be something more. There's some kind of relationship, relationship that's going on, some kind of a conflict, something that, you know, like, okay, sure, it's a vampire, but there's still stuff that's, like, real about it, you know, that you can kind of, like, mm-hmm. see someone's, like, growth or development or um, it might speak to a particular issue or um, maybe it's, like, empowering or some, you know, in some way. So um, I like something that, you know, even if you take out, like, maybe some of the fantasy aspects or, you know, even if you took out, like, you know, all the, the sex out of it, you're still going to have a good story. And so that's the main thing that I want to do. And it doesn't matter what genre it falls in. Mm, okay. Interesting, interesting. Okay. Uh, so tell us a little bit about um, some of the uh, work you've already done that maybe you feel like um, you will be able to kind of take some of my listeners and introduce them to something that maybe they don't know already about you that's already out there, maybe not one of your mm-hmm. new projects, but something that you've done in the past that, you know, mm-hmm. this is your opportunity to kind of re-push that, push that a little bit. Sure. Um, I definitely, like I said, I, um, I, one of my favorites is the, the slave love story of bondage and freedom. So um, I like to feel, I like to feel like it's um, like kind of like our Romeo and Juliet story. It's like every culture seems to have like, you know, this like love tale of, you know, the, the, the couple that, you know, everything is trying to keep them apart, you know, but their love always brings them back together again and, you know, all this, you know, stuff like that. But then, you know, when you think about a lot of our stories, you know, it's got to be like, oh, um, so-and-so's cheating on this one. And, you know, it just becomes more like drama, <laughs> like more drama than it mm-hmm. is like romance and things like that. And it's not that, you know, I mean, drama definitely, you know, we love the, our juicy drama, so it's not the, like the, to to slight it. It's just that, you know, it was like, I just like, I feel like it's our like Romeo and Juliet story. So it's like, you know, it isn't like the, it isn't like the most erotic. There is like some erotica in it. Um, but mm-hmm. it's not like the most erotic. It's more of like this love story of, you know, these two slaves and, you know, um, they're trying to be, you know, people are trying to keep them apart, but, you know, their love can bring them back together again. And I feel like it's like that real like ride or die kind of love and passion that people talk about, you know, like, for real, no, it's like, you know, ride or die, it's like, we're going to be, like, you know, we're going to be together to the end kind of stuff for real, and, um, you know, plays out into, you know, like, our, our history. It's like, um, there's a book that, gosh, it's like, it's out of print now. It's called A Love No Less, and um, it's a collection of letters, like, love letters from African Americans that go all the way back to slavery, so, you know, you consider the fact that we don't really have much of a written history, you know, that goes back mm-hmm. that far anyway. So it's really interesting that, you know, some of these letters actually, one, existed, let alone survived, um, and were compiled together to kind of, like, show, you know, um, I mean, just things that just, you know, like a, a slave couple that was being, like, torn apart, like, you know, the um, the husband is being sold off to another plantation, and, like, you know, he's, like, sending, like, this letter from one plantation, like, to try to get it to his wife, you know, it was like, even though we're not going to be together in this lifetime, we'll be together in the next lifetime, you know, just, like, really just 
oh, my gosh, such romance that we don't talk about enough in our culture. And it's like mm-hmm. I just want to have that kind of story that is like, you know, like that kind of romance, that kind of love that sticks around that, you know, goes through the test, you know, the test of time and, you know, oh, my gosh, like, you know, we can be pulled apart, but nothing can really keep us apart because of, you know, how much we really love each other and, you know, all this other drama is, like, petty. You know, it's just, I don't know. So it's, like, I love that book of, like, all these letters, and it's, like, you know, that's something that I wanted to um, play out more so than just, you know, it's just, like, you know, it's a good, very brief letter that's in a book, but, you know, like, something like that I just want to play out. And um, so it's, like, definitely one of my favorite stories and, you know, as much as I can, like, recommend a whole bunch of things, I would definitely love for anybody to read that and just, you know, they, hopefully they enjoy it as much as I do, put it that way. <laughs> uh-huh. I hope you do, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, definitely available on Amazon. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, because when I went to your um, your author page, no, no, when I went to your website, and I was like, wow, you know, when I saw how many things were in your portfolio, I said, you know, I knew about a few of them being a Facebook friend, but with some, I was like, I didn't know these were even, you know, here. So I wanted to make sure I gave the opportunity to kind of let everybody know that we're not talking about one or two stories. We're talking about you have a portfolio of pieces, and, you know, people can really get a feel for your your craft from seeing how how many things you have there. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's you know, that one story is, like, definitely, um, like I said, is a favorite, but, you know, there is definitely something in there for, you know, for everyone. You know, I I definitely like, you know, that whole, um, like, I'm, like, Trigger, that was a short story that kind of, like, got me into this this field um, in the first place. Um, it was in a, it was originally in um, Charles Burgess's um, Chocolate Rose 2, the anthology, and um, so it's just sort of like that was a, uh, I wish I could have done this when my ex screwed me over that, you know, one of those kind of stories. Mm-hmm. So it's like it definitely comes out of something that really happened, but, you know, what didn't really happen. You know, you have like those stories like, man, I wish I would have, mm-hmm. you know. And so, right. you know, yeah, it's like it just kind of like became that kind of story. Like, you know, uh, uh, you know, that whole the best way to get over one man is to get under another. And if, if, it's, his, if it's his best friend, you know, even better, you know, <laughs> kind, of, kind of tale or whatever. So it's like, you know, it's like you you can see it's like it's good, you know, there's probably something that you would be interested in. Like, you know, you might prefer this kind of story or that kind of story. I think if you look through my portfolio, you would see something that, you know, appeals to you and that you would enjoy it. Um, talk to us a little bit about um – being in, well, first I need to ask, um, are you a self-published writer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the okay. um, majority of what you see on Amazon is, you know, I that was my, my own self-publishing, so I call it like literary game publishing. Okay. So talk mm-hmm. to us a little bit about um, that end of um, publishing, when you're doing it mm-hmm. yourself, your experiences. Well, we kind of have people that listen and they, they want to tell stories and they want to publish. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of, you know, we share that. Because mm-hmm. not all of my guests are self-published authors. Some of them are not. So we like to give everybody the idea, the concept. Sure. Um, all right. So if you, for those that are interested in it, 
Um, my main thing is that I would, or my main piece of advice is definitely to um, to research and um, just take your time. Like, don't rush something out necessarily because, um, you know, a lot of people have a good story, but it doesn't mean that it's necessarily, like, um, written well or, you know, you might kind of, like, try to put it out and then if you miss something, you know, you got a page that's, like, hanging out on this side and, you know, another a paragraph is, like, you know, you got this big old gap in between, you know, so it's, like, sort of, like, um, just take some time to um, see what some of the formats are so that, you know, you're, um, you're formatting it properly so that, you know, I think that was, like, one of the main things, like, when, you know, doing it yourself was, like, okay, um, how do I get, like, you know, what was, like, you know, typed up on my computer to look like, you know, this ebook? You know, like, how does that happen? And so, like, you know, just kind of, like, going through, because, um, like, with Amazon, they have, like, links and, like, you know, you can, like, read this and read that, and it'll tell you, you know, try, you know use this um, platform or, or app or not app, but, you know, go through this. Um, and then, of course, it's um, from when I first started to the most recent, you know, it, it seems like it's even easier to um, to get things formatted for an ebook. So um, definitely take some time to do some research and find out, you know, how it's done or, you know, how they recommend it. It's like, sure, it's like maybe the first things aren't going to be as beautiful, but, you know, that learning experience of doing it, it's like, you know, you just get better every time that you, you know, that you do it. Um, yeah. And, you know, the other is, don't always trust your writing um, on your own. Um, definitely get somebody else to read it, preferably someone that can edit and, like, you know, correct and things. It because, hurts. yeah, it just, it, it just becomes such a, it just, it's just a cloud that gets, that's over, like, our, our field. It's just, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's something that's kind of, like, thrown together and there's too many, like, mistakes, errors, typos, you know, things like that. It's, like, it just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't always, like, it doesn't rub off on you very well. You know, some people might remember that more so and, like, you know, consider, you know, or reconsider buying the next book. So definitely, you know, I mean, even though I have, like, the English background and stuff like that, I still want somebody else to read it before I do anything with it. I'm not, you know, I can look at the same thing over and over again. In my head, it sounds just fine. You know, <laughs> if somebody else looks at it, they see the error that I just, I've read over, like, ten times and did not see. And it's just because... In our head, we hear it a certain way. Somebody, you know, somebody else reading it, they're going to see it in a different way because now they're hearing it a different way, and they can point out something differently. So, always read it out loud if you're not sure on your own. Um, like if you're not like confident enough with your own writing, read it out loud so that you can catch your own errors, and have somebody else read it because if they're going to sing, your other readers will too, and that can help out a lot. But if you can afford an editor, go for it. Good advice. I, I think that's like a really important piece to being a self-published author because mm-hmm. a lot of the times that's what people are looking for is they're looking to say you're self-published so you're going to have all of these errors in your finished product. And that, that's mm-hmm. not necessarily true if you, you know, handle it with the same intensity as, you know, something that is from a publishing house. So. I, I agree mm-hmm. with that piece of advice. Um, anything that, you know, you feel like would make our readers know you a little better? Uh, I usually don't um, give a lot of preference before I do an interview. I like for the 
person being interviewed to kind of go ahead and present themselves. So anything that makes you more human to our listeners. Um, in, in other words, in other words, she's looking for you to expose yourself. Expose myself. Well, I can tell you that in some of my writing, especially a lot of my poetry, I am going to be so naked. I don't know, <laughs> but you know, it's just like it's very, you know, there's just like stuff that you know, um, you know, things that I've just been going through. It was like I kind of like was out of the game for about three years. Um, you know, just. Um, I mean, like a breakup, you know, just like rearranging family, trying to like, you know, start over in so many ways and stuff like that and start fresh and like, you know, the struggle that comes out of that, you know, like a career change came with that and, you know, just a whole bunch of stuff. So it's just, it's been, it's been pretty stressful and that's how I think I've been doing more poetry lately because you can definitely, um, get lost in an emotion for a moment. You know, you don't have to necessarily take it out on somebody. You can, um, you can write it out. You know what I'm saying? You can, you can, you might, you know, you do some of the stuff you think about, you're going to go to jail. But, you know, <laughs> you can write some stuff down. You can write, some, you know, you can write some stuff down and, like, you know, you can really bury your soul in, um, in a poem and it's going to um, reach out to people. And the thing is, is that especially with poetry, I feel with poetry because I think it's it's so much more shorter and intimate. Like you know, you can like read it, and it's like because it's brief, um, people can relate to it like quickly, and especially if it's like something that applies to them. So a lot of times you have people that you know they they're going through stuff, and they feel like it's just like it's only me. Like nobody else has gone through this before, or no one else. You know, it's like or or yeah, it's like yeah, sure, there's been a heartbreak, but he didn't hurt you like, you know, he didn't hurt you like he hurt me. You know, it's like one of those things. Like it's not, you know, we don't always feel um, like, you know, we feel alone and isolated in a lot of stuff. And then sometimes somebody, you know, shares a poem and, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, that, I, you know, that, that was me or that, you know, um, that's similar to me. And so, you know, I've, I've decided to just go ahead and, like, not bottle up a lot of stuff, and it's been coming out a lot in poetry, and then, you know, I feel like it could help, and, I, you know, I definitely want to um, put together um, a collection of my poems to, like, you know, to also publish that so that they're more accessible than, you know, going on to radio shows and just reading, because it's like I don't get a chance to, like, you know, go out and, you know, hit open mics and stuff like that like I'd like to, so... Okay, but but you do some. You don't do a lot, but you do some <laughs> open mic. Um, so does that take mostly, like a lot of nerves? Well, I mean, mostly the open mics that I seem to be on is usually like like um, radio. So then you're not like okay. you know. It, I guess you can. I want to say you can be braver because you're not looking people directly in the eye. But <laughs> no, <laughs> you're still. You know, you're you're still um, vulnerable, and you know you're still out there, and um, you're still bearing. You know, you are definitely still bearing your soul. You're definitely like, you know, I would joke around with um, people with uh, like workshopping writing that you, it's it's like when you like when you're reading something, especially to be critiqued, it's almost like you're standing there naked in front of people, and you're just waiting for somebody to tell you that one of your boobs is bigger than the other. You know, it's just like you're just waiting, <laughs> waiting for you're waiting for somebody to just 
like start poking at like stuff. It's like really, you know. It's like you know, I don't, you know, you're looking like where, but um, you know, it's like the like poetry is sort of like that same kind of standing in front of people, very bare, and um, even though it might be on radio where you can't necessarily, you won't necessarily see someone's face responding to you and stuff like that. A lot of times people call in. Um, you know, there's the response from like you know the um the host of the radio show. Um, you know, there's the fact that, especially in this age of social media, which is definitely part of your topic today, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> like I, you know, I've read something and then all of a sudden, like, you know, my Facebook is like blowing up, you know, with like people that are like, you know, talking to me, you know, for various reasons from something that I read. So, you know, um, it definitely, you don't, you still get exposed and, um, there's, you know, there, there's still that kind of factor like, oh crap, you know. Once I read mm-hmm. this, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, people are really going to know, like, something more about me. And, you know, so, I don't know. But sometimes it's like, you know, um, it, that's why people feel like, you know, they're, like writing is therapy and stuff like that. It definitely helps you. And right. sometimes listening to others helps others. Like, if, you know, sometimes you don't realize that you actually help somebody by writing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I definitely feel like um, your um, poetry can be sometimes a lot more intimate than, you know, a post piece because of where it comes from. It's like the mm-hmm. one of the more raw places. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sometimes minus edit. It's, you know, it just comes from your core. That, so I, yeah. I agree with that. Definitely. Um, and, you so, know, when okay. you... Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, like, when you're writing fiction, a lot of times you're, like, creating a world and characters and things like that. So, you know, you can give them various aspects of yourself. You know, you can have, like, all types of, like, you know, your schizo moments where everybody, you know, has, like, all your mm-hmm. different emotions in one piece. But, um, yeah, usually with poetry, it's, like, it's just you. And, you know, yep. the world is already created. It's already in your head. It's like, you know, you just made this and now it's coming out. So, yeah. Okay, so, big guy, did I get, did I leave anything for the guys to wonder? We have this wonderful poet author here who loves erotica. Did I miss anything? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot about me, but then it's like I was like, you know, I don't know if it's very interesting. <laughs> so, I'm waiting wow. to get, let me try to get approval from the big guy over there because he'll 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 I, something. I look, all I did, all I did was listen in for whatever was necessary to listen in for at that moment. Um, I don't know how deep, I don't know how I don't know how far she wants to go down that <laughs> rabbit hole, especially considering that she's yeah. So I'm yeah, not sure. That's I'm, what I was I'm, waiting for I'm, from you. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, because, like, you know, I've I heard the word naked come up like at least three, four times. So it's kind of, <laughs> you know, there ain't no other choice in the matter but to ask certain questions in regards to that. So <laughs> Come on, do it. Do it. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm just, I mean, I'm just saying, because you know, the fellas are already like, you know, okay, she already said she's, you know, she, she, some of the stuff. But let's let's ask the most obvious question: What piece has gotten you off the? Uh, has probably gotten you off the quickest. 
has gotten me off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, has any really, uh, some of my pieces are looked at or kind of like showing that it's like, oh, man, you're not getting enough. So (laughs) it's like, you know, some of it's kind of like, like, oh, fantasy. Like, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, we should have, you know, done this. But um, it. You know, I have, like, one that's called Fuck So Pretty that, you know, kind of, that's, like, one, like I said, like, I've read that, and, like, my Facebook went, like, crazy. (laughs) It's, like, people, like, inboxing me from reading that. I was, like, oh, how you doing? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, somebody needs to know something. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's probably like one that's probably the the the, the dirtiest that you know definitely um uh, you know if I read that you know I definitely like, you know I definitely all of a sudden will have like you know new male fans or you know followers or you know um something like that like that come out but um that's one and you know I'm trying to think is there anything else you know there's others that it's just sort of you know, more like um, you know, like the like I like smart guys. So it's like you know, there's definitely like you know where, um, you know, uh, someone that you know having like a very you know intelligent conversation with someone with a whole lot more erotic actually than talking about <laughs> about sex and stuff like that. And so, you know, um, uh-huh. that so that yeah, so that puts you, yeah, so that puts you in the <laughs> sapiosexual realm now. I can dig that. <laughs> Look, I, she already knows I'm a heathen. It is what no, no. Let's change that. I'm a hedonist, not a heathen. So it is what it is. I like how you just kind of threw it out there. He was trying to kind of lead it to it. He's like, she knows this. No, no. I mean, come on now. I mean, it's it's it, it's it's kind of hard to you know kind of lead in kind of no there's no that's not how that works <laughs> I love it I love it I love it and you know what he's a smart guy I just want to throw that out there I'm not instigating at all <laughs> she says she's not instigating she says yeah that was my disclaimer <laughs> Yeah, that that's her story, and she's trying to stick to it. But uh, I, no, I sorry, some things you just can't avoid. <laughs> little little bit, maybe little bit. <laughs> it might be the laughter. <laughs> she's um, got okay, so today. I, I want to ask. Um, <laughs> okay, well, okay. Can you tell me what kind of stuff you write about? <laughs> yeah, I can. That's not the issue. I'm trying to figure out exactly where that's going to lead into this kind of discussion. Um, yeah, I don't know if you want to put her on flash like that. Uh, that may not go well. Uh, but no, to 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 give you the reason why she's trying to lead into that is because. I, have my own uh I have my own about the selection myself. Um mm-hmm. and I'm saying I think we need to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, I kinda I <laughs> Yeah, I kinda figured that was gonna happen. Hold on a second. Oh. <laughs> 
Okay, let's try that again. Um, okay. Like I said, like I said, a lot of my a lot of my material, both short story, full length feature, uh, even some of the screenplays are starting to get written at this point, all deal in a lot of the BDSM erotic, which means a lot of my female characters are of the submissive and slave-like variety. Mm. <laughs> I just wondered, had you ever played in that part before? <laughs> so, Have yes, I there, ever yeah. played in that? Let's see. How, I'm trying to think. How much... Yeah, and, and 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 I think the other thing she's trying to say is careful how you answer because it may elicit a certain response out of me. Exactly. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Can't give me every vibe I need tonight. I, I'm That's so lovely. Can't give me every vibe I need. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think I have any characters that are submissive. I mean, well, I mean, there is some bondage that's in a bondage and freedom. But like I said, it's not super erotic with it, but enough that, you know, most people think it's too hot for your regular historical romance. But yeah, there's bondage. Oh, I can imagine. She's, she's submissive. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think that's about, yeah. Otherwise, it's like I have more of like, you know, more of the dominatrix type in, in the other pieces. So. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Interesting. He's now he's thinking. I like it. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Oh, but of you course you should like, know this by like, now. Y'all can swap ideas or something. Like you, he should. Yeah, y'all should talk about that. You know, you do erotica, so and you like to kind of spread your art across genres. So maybe you need to, you know, get one of these submissive characters in a poem or a, a short or a novel. Yeah, but when it comes to when it comes to yeah when it comes to poetry and things of that nature, because the experience can be a little bit more personal, mm-hmm. there might need them. That's kind of yeah. She'd so have you to saying she might need some hands on tutoring? That's what I'm saying. Is it that like, you say? <laughs> I'm not su- I'm not subtle. You should know this by now. I know, and I love it. I know that's why you're often quiet during interviews because you're thinking all out loud. I, I already know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to. I have to know. I have to hear everything that I need to hear in order to be able to find the appropriate questions that I might need to ask, just in case there's something else that I might need to know after the show. Mhm. See that? That's what I, I know. You be planning. Then you gotta tell me. I know. Yeah, we've been at this two years. You should know the pattern by now. <laughs> okay, so this is this is the part of the show where we let you plug everything, let everybody know how to find the work and find your maybe social media pages, and then we're gonna move into our discussion. And you're welcome to stay. Or you could say, it's been real, and should have seduces, it's your world. You decide whether you want to be here. So tell us how to find all things cotton. 
Okay. So um, there's Facebook, of course. Um, my regular Facebook, you know, is just Cotton Carpenter. And then I have an author page, author Cotton Carpenter. Um, I'm on Twitter, Google+. Plus. Um, you can um, see, like, my stuff on Amazon. So it's like uh, there's, like, the author page on Amazon that has everything listed. Um, goodness. I feel like there's more out there, but those are my main ones that I seem to be on, you know, the most when I get to um, to play. <laughs> when I get to come out and play on social media, those are the places I usually am. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, so uh, definitely want to check out her work. Um, and if you go to her um, website, like I said, you'll see things that you might not see on her Facebook page as far as her, her um portfolio, so it's, it's worth it going mm-hmm. if you have time. Um, I'm telling you, that's what made me go, oh, wait a minute, she got a little bit more than I thought originally, you know, so you might want to go glance over there on her webpage. Yeah, somebody's trying Somebody's things. trying their best to figure out exactly how well she's going to have my trip. Fantastic. Okay. I'm not pushing, I'm just I'm just providing information. Yeah, providing information with the attempt to yeah cause a whole lot of havoc that I don't know you see coming. I just saw like just some hands tied up, and I thought of you. That it was a book cover or something. I just you know I thought about you when I saw it. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So again, check out Titan Carpenter and definitely support. And get personal information, feedback. Jump in her inbox. She doesn't have enough people in her inbox. <laughs> <laughs> it's never a matter. It's, look, it's never a matter how many. It's all. It's always a matter of who. It's a matter of who. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go get the other people that work here who have either made it known that they're at work on time or not made it known that they're at work on time, which might mean that they're not at work on time. But I know Imaj is here because she's wonderful. Hi, Imaj. Hey. <laughs> and hesitation. Hey. I'm, 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 hey, how y'all doing? Great. Okay. I'm trying to figure out exactly what then got you gig- 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 the giggle fix all of a sudden. What's the hot little girl? No, because it was just so quick, and I had my phone on speaker, and it was on mute. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm playing Candy Crush. I'm so- <laughs> okay, I didn't get it. I'm like, between, between one or both of us, we didn't get y'all this, and you giving me Candy Crush? What the fuck? Hey, hey, what's wrong? Multitasking. Multitasking, oh. I was listening. I was listening. Please believe me, I was listening. I was listening. Oh, that ain't the, the, but that ain't the, the, no, that. That other dude is here. <laughs> what time did he get here? Well, I've been here since the beginning when it was going down in the dim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, just because I ain't say really nothing on me and I wasn't present. You was really on time, nigga. That was my phone. Exactly. I, I, I was thinking about you, boo. I, I, I was thinking about you. 
You think about me? No, no, no. You would not be boo. If I said boo, boo, maybe, oh, I was about to say. I felt special yeah. for a hot second. Oh hell no. Um, I'm boo. Oh, I, if I ever will always be boo. That's it. That's it. That's some bullshit. Okay, so everybody, I want you guys to meet Cotton. You can say hi, Cotton. I don't know if Cotton's staying with us or or not, but I want to make sure that everybody got a chance to say hi. Our guest. Sure, I can be around for a while longer. Hello, hello. My apologies. Pardon me for being disrespectful. Hello, Miss Carpenter. Hello. How are you? I I like her first name better. Hey, Cotton, how you doing, honey? Fine, how are you? <laughs> I'm awesome. And hello, okay, Shakira so. and Shamor also. I got to say it to everybody. <laughs> yeah, right. What's the hop, you I just want to well, warn you, Todd. Um, when all the family's together, um, there's this word that starts with an F that is liable to happen at any given moment. And um, so the disclaimer is at your own risk. Uh, uh-huh. I, I don't know. No problem. Okay. So we're going to get started uh, with our topic. So we can at least say that we started there. It's liable to go any kind of old way. But um, I mentioned earlier in the week that our children and social media, is it a problem or do you monitor your children? Um, do you know? Do you know all the accounts they have? And um, is it becoming a problem, or is the problem already there? You know, just kind of starting some conversation. Because social media is is, is um, part of the way we get news nowadays. Um, I recall the day that Prince died, the moment that Prince died, or the moment it became news, I did not Google it. I did not go to a news uh, website. I opened my social media. That was my truth. It's like, if this is social media, it's true. So I just opened my Facebook to see because someone said it. We were in a meeting, and they were like, Chris died. And I'm like, you're lying. And instead of getting to a website that belongs to a news company, I opened my Facebook to see. And it was all over my Facebook. So um, social media <laughs> is not an animal that is leaving, I'm saying. so. You know, how important is that? And how much of that do we leave in the hands of our children? Too much. <laughs> I'm waiting because I heard laughter, so I'm sure you got something you guys Well, the, that was me who laughed, and the reason I laughed because, well, first of all, I've been drinking. But second of all, you said it was all on my Facebook, and I was like, eh, he put it all on your Facebook. Eh. Put the drink down, oh like right now. He put it down. Stop it. My bad. It, it was funny when I thought it. But when you thought that it, being really. said, you got to realize that, you know, as parents, it's not what you allow, it's what you show. And and more times than not, if you're showing it to your child, they go do it. So don't be trying to chastise them for something that you're doing. But, I mean, that's me. You know, they, they, what's that saying? Do what I say, not what I do? That's a bunch of bullshit. So yeah. if you as a parent 
is out there. You know, you got five dudes coming over to the house. How you think your son ain't gonna have five chicks, or your daughter gonna have five dudes? That's what they see, right. so that's what they go do. So you know, it's something about being being cognizant of what they doing and what they're posting, but it's also what you're showing them. I think that's more important, but that's me. Okay. And I know there are a lot of people that would agree with what you said because I know when it came up, um, I, there were a lot of people that, um, when I had it on my Facebook, a lot of people said that, you know, they do what the parents do. You shouldn't have to stop laughing at that. <laughs> you heard that You're one? The I thought it was only low. one laughing at that. You don't have sorry. to get over that. Wow. I try to okay. hold it next time. But, 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 here's the only thing that I want to add. Um, being able to, to do what I do every day, I have to add that there is a subculture that does not involve parents that our children have. And that subculture allows them to have a second set of rules that they feel like they have to abide by that kind of outweighs at that time what your parents say. And, and I'm saying that to say, I'm saying that to say that when you say, well, what did your parents show you? Well, if, if mama's doing it, if daughter's doing it, not necessarily anymore. And I don't know if it's subculture. I feel like it is a, a side effect of heavy social media presence. Because every time you have to look at the cycle, every time we start to be on whatever they're on, they create something new. Mm-hmm. Facebook wasn't for us. They created, you know, Instagram. We started doing Instagram. They went Snapchat. We do Snapchat. They do kick. Now, I've never had a kick. I could care less for it. But they want to be where we're not. And it's because they have this subculture that allows them to have these other sets of rules. For for example, um, one of the things that kind of sparked the conversation was the young lady that ended up in the fight uh, in the bathroom, in the restroom at school, and she ends up, you know, being killed. Mm-hmm. And the people in that space that were just in there not to fight, not to, not to necessarily support a friend, they were in there to record it. Yeah. Because in their subculture, there is a fight, recording fight kind of thing. You do it. It's something you do. They will force each other to fight just to record it, to post it to their, to their social media. Um, I watched one unfold, a whole scenario unfold. No matter how much intervention happened, they, they had plotted it all day. Two young men who didn't even want to fight. Like, they didn't even have a beat. The other kids pushing them and pushing them. And them saying to each other, I'm not mad at you. I don't want to fight you. I'm not mad at you. But um, at the end of the day, after we've kept them separated so that nothing fueled, the end of the day, everybody's going home to the buses, and one kid pulls them into the bathroom. That he's not even involved. He just pulls them into the into the restroom, pulls out his phone, and he says, "Y'all got to fight now." Now, when we call parents, they would never believe this. They they don't believe that their kid pulled those two in there to fight. 
they don't believe that one of them was even, he's not even a fighter. Parents, they're not doing this. They're not posting fights on their Instagram or whatever. They don't do it. It's, I'm telling you guys, it's a subculture that is being fueled by social media. Because why? They want to see how many likes or favorites they can get. They want it to go viral. That's all. They want to see if they can get some kind of social media thing for posting a fight that everybody watches. I mean, it's like yeah. a conversation. Man, I got 50 likes on that site. I'm like, are you guys serious? That's a sickness. Mm-hmm. And, it's, I mean, it has very little to do with parenting as far as I've seen my parents do it, and so I'm doing what they're doing. Right. Now, I hear you, but hear being you that we all deal with words, words, everybody has, you know, intervention, right? But there's a prevention also. So. You may not be the one to tell your child, yeah, go ahead and do this, but when you're you're not telling your child not to do it, then that's giving them carte blanche to do it. So Mm -hmm. parenting isn't just what you're not doing. I don't smoke cigarettes, so my child shouldn't smoke cigarettes. Okay. No, you tell your child not to smoke cigarettes for a particular reason. So just because I'm not doing it, that's just one part of it. So, yeah, they're not getting that stimuli by seeing me do it, but I have to proactively prevent my child from doing this. So if you are not letting your child know that a subculture is not our culture, you see what I'm saying? Like, that's like just because you take a subway, there's other ways to travel. So a subculture does not supersede your culture. And if you don't put that into your child, then that subculture is going to reign and run rampant. But that still is parenting. In my estimation. Hmm. What if you don't know that that's something that you have to say? Because uh, 10 um, years ago, you would have had to say, you don't record fights in the restroom and post them to Instagram. You would have never had to say that. So what if you yeah. don't know that now you have to say that? And so you that's make sure that Right. What I'm saying, you know, in your mind, you're thinking, I don't have to say that because I'm doing all of these things. We go to the museum together. I mean, all the things that you think as a parent you need to expose your child to, and you don't think on the other end that you need to say, hey, go post that stuff on there. I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate with what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Sure. What do you feel, Miss Carpenter? <laughs> I mean, I'm in I'm in agreement. I also um work with, you know, teenagers all day. And um basically um you know, if a fight happens, um a stampede of people is like one, it's like I don't even know how you're on the third floor and you find out about a fight that's happening on the first floor, how did that even happen that, you know, all these people know, you know, it's because of social media, like the phone is saying everything. And so, you know, you can hear the, the herd basically coming. you got to stand in the middle of the hallway and try to get people to go back, you know, to their classrooms and stuff like that because you're not, you know, they're trying to go see a fight, you know, and as I just tell the kids, I'm like, look, you're going to see it on YouTube later, so you might as well go back to your class, <laughs> you know, because it's just someone obviously is always going to be taping it. And, you know, they they do have it. It is a lot of the culture where, 
you know, like, for instance, I mean, like, where I, where I teach is a bad neighborhood. So, you know, last week we were on lockdown just because, you know, people want to have, like, some kind of a gunfight, like, two blocks over, you know. So, you know, we can hear the shots. And, you know, you got students that want to run to the window and want to get out of school so they can see what's happening. And we're trying to, like, keep them safe away from the windows and to, you know, to, um, to stay inside until we know that it's safe for them to be able, you know, to leave because it was you know, towards the end of the day. And, um, you know, they're, they're itching. Like, they were so itching to get out there, and it's like, you know, they couldn't stay off the phones to try to find out what was going on, you know, and stuff like that. So it's, it is a part of the culture, although it's like, yes, it's like I feel like enough with, with parenting, you can hope that you, you create more character in the kids, you know, that they would have more of, they would have more of a filter to, they would have more of a filter to kind of like not be involved in some of that. And so, you know, you would hope that you, you're creating that with them, um, that, you know, that they could be like, okay, I don't need to be a part of this or I don't want to. But at the same time, it's like, you know, don't forget mob mentality too. So when a lot of stuff is going on, you know, like you said, like people trying to egg, egg others on to a fight so that someone can record it and put it up on, you know, and get likes for it and stuff like that, whatever. It's like, you know, sometimes those are the good kids that aren't trying to be involved and, like, someone's trying to to start something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. We often say things like, this is something new or this didn't exist then, but I'm of the mind that there's nothing new under the sun anymore. Um, When my parents were children, they'd be like, you could get in trouble and before you get home, the news would be there. That was a form of social media. There's no way that Auntie Evelyn knew you got in trouble before, but word has a way of spreading when word wants to spread. Um, you can go back thousands of years ago. There's no way that all of those people knew about the Crusades and walked across the whole of Europe. But it wasn't no Snapchat. But they found out, though. My point is, is that, yeah, there's new technology that helps it speed up. But that element of people, that mob mentality that you spoke of, 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 mm-hmm. of word traveling, of going from the first to the third floor, has always been here. It may be a right. little sped up now, but it's always been here. So that dynamic of people having to parent in that way has always been here. It's just whether or not right. we want to look at it or not. The, but do you think the element of uh, there's a – I don't know if you would call it a meme or a drawing that's going on, that goes around um, on Facebook where, or on, I'm sure it's on any social media site, where there is a person that has all of these uh, syringes and they're all labeled different social media names, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and this person is deciding what his drug of choice is, which one, you know, do I want heart, do I want thumbs up, you know, what is my drug of choice? And do you think that, because I feel like there is a social sickness that is associated with social media. I I had to tell myself, you know, less pictures, more conversation on my Facebook because 
it's just easy to snap a picture, post, and be done and see if you get likes or whatever. So, but that's not what I originally started my Facebook for back before I even had a profile picture. I wanted conversation. So um, I, I really think there's a sickness you know, and like you said, sickness has been around forever, but I think the degrees and the types of sicknesses evolve based on um, exposure to different, I don't even know if you would call it uh, stimulus or, or whatever, but I, I think that because there is a drug of choice now that it has to do with, that comes with the social media, because there were certain things that I never noticed about children before because they didn't have the outlet. Mm-hmm. And now that they have the outlet, it's almost like a new battle that you have to fight. Yeah, kids have wanted attention, but not necessarily to this extent by someone else's harm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just feel like there is a, even though I know you're saying News has traveled forever. I don't even think this is about getting news out. I, I don't think their posting of things like this is about getting the word out. As much as it's a, a fulfilling element of getting notice, the likes, the whatever, you know, in the in their subculture, for being the one known to have posted the fight that got the most parts, you know, or whatever. And I think that's a so you're saying like element. propaganda and getting out a person's own particular thing to make their point of view known and to make people agree with them. Yeah, that sounds like Nazi Germany. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. no. But see, you're saying that that's, <laughs> see, that was purpose. That was purpose of spreading something that they believed in, a, a government, a regiment. This is not. This is just saying they was fighting in the bathroom and I was in there and I recorded it. That's it. They're, they're, it's not like they're making any kind of a, a stance. They're not even saying I like Billy more than Sarah, so I posted it so I can see the point where Billy smacked her. They don't care. They don't care who wins or loses. It's not about fighting the establishment. It's just who going to click like. You know, it's empty. And I think that's, I don't know, I guess that's what bothers me the most. Because if it had some kind of underlying cause behind it, like they really thought, felt like they were showing us that we treat them like caged animals and this is what happens because you work us too hard and so we fight like animals, then I'd be like, oh, well, they're standing for something. They're not. They're not even trying to further something that they believe in as, as a group of, of individuals. It's just like, let's do this because I know people – Make fight videos. I saw one. I liked it. And I guess that's what scares me. I guess that's the element that it's a mentality that I'm not used to dealing with with young people in the almost 20 years that I've been dealing with them. You know, it's like I've never dealt with this mindset before. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Just sell stocks and stop being an educator. How about that? Just get out the damn profession. (laughs) That's the answer. They need more educators that could care less. They need more educators to press record. Oh, you trying to fight? Come here, let me record it too. That's what they need. You're right. Let me get my ass out of here. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, I hear you, and I can't disagree with you. I can't disagree with you, but what I do know is that that same element that you speak of has always the fuckery ain't new. You know what I mean? Like, 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 like being lost isn't new. Be looking for attention isn't new. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Wanting to be the cool person isn't new. Like, like these things Mm -hmm. aren't new. It's just a new vehicle that they're being used on. You know what I mean? They're they're being driven in a new vehicle. That's the only thing. But those attention-driven, wanting to look for like being liked and things like that, and 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 promoting nonsense. Those, Those things have always been around. Well, not always been around, but been around for quite some time. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like I hear what you're saying and I can't disagree with it, but I also can point to places where that particular activity happened 10, 20, 50, 80, 1,000 years ago. Okay, okay. I mean, I I, I agree that some parts of it are not new. I, I agree with that part. But I feel like the way this structure is creating a new illness. You know what it is also? As we get older and as we know more and as we see more, we see things from a different perspective. So as a child, I used to watch my little cousin. So I was the one who was in charge of watching him. Okay, that's one sense of watching a child. But then... Once I got to adulthood and I had to watch my goddaughter, that was another sense of protection. But then once I had children, it was another, you know what I'm saying? So the same thing I saw as a parent, I didn't see as an older cousin, and I didn't see as a godfather. You know what I mean? So those things were always there in those children. It's just that as I got to another stage, I got to see those things. So I like to attribute some of those things to that because it's like as we get older, as you get more experience. The same things you was doing in your first year of education, you were not doing in your 20th year. You know what I mean? Because because we see things differently from another perspective. So I, I, I like to attribute things to that, that times are changing. Yes, times are changing somewhat. But also my ability to recognize what's changing is changing. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Still, what about um, just the severity of, of it, though? I mean... In our day, it's like, you know, somebody, you know, wanted to fight or whatever. I mean, there was, like, fist fighting, and, you know, now there's weapons. There's, you know, um, you, you know, they don't they don't necessarily just have, like, these fights, you know, in the bathroom and stuff like that. You know, it's just, it's like, it's escalating to so much more, but, you know, they don't, you know, not necessarily seeing beyond, like, that moment. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, they're not saying, like, oh, gosh, if I pull this trigger, you know, not only is it possible I can kill somebody, but, you know, I just killed my life because, you know, I'm going to go to jail, you know, my whole entire family is going to be affected, you know, things like that. They're not, they don't look at it that way. They just know that somebody stepped on their sneakers or looked at them funny, and mm-hmm. now, you know, the the next, you know, the next thing is, you know, just like the ones that are egging them on, like, you know, you two have to fight now and stuff like that. you also got the other ones, like, you going to let so-and-so get away with that? you going to let them do that? you going to let them do that? And then it becomes, you know, shooting, you know, like one group into another, not even gangs, you know, but, of course, gangs and all the types of, I mean, nonsense that's happening all the time. It's like, why, you know, why is that going on? And it's like, you know, I always feel like, 
when we have these discussions about our kids that are, you know, so, you know, involved in so much violence and stuff like that because of the fact that it's true. There is, it's nothing new. It's like there's always been this violence and it's like it's, there's this, this love for war. There's like a love for it. It's like, you know, it's like mm-hmm. why people will go to the Coliseum to watch, you know, the gladiators exactly. and, you know, things like that. It's always been around. It's just that, you know, um, we had the sense back like in the days to keep it from the children. Yeah, it's, it's always been around, but it's, it's get to the point though where it's like, you know, okay, but what do we do when it's getting out of control because of the fact that, you know, the girl was just killed in the bathroom because, like, you know, we have this love of seeing kids fight. You know, like, we don't, but I'm just saying they have this love of seeing each other fight, you know, and it's like when people, when when you have kids that, you know, they want to um, to resolve, I've got my quote fingers up, resolve issues with violence and weapons and guns and things like that, you know, um, you know, the media is quick to, like, racially, like, say, you know, like, if black people do it, oh, they're animalistic, you know, whatever, and stuff like that, you know, but it's like, hey, we also live in a culture where, oh, um, your country and my country, we don't get along, or your religion and my religion, we don't get along. So, you know what I'm saying? And then it becomes that. So it's like, you know, as much as we, like, look at the kids, like, you know, I just don't understand why they have to be so violent. And then, you know, we also turn around and, like, you can't turn on the TV without saying, like, oh, you know, the way that we handle our our situations is is to go to war. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to do that. How does, where does it stop? I mean, that desensitization is everywhere in our media, you know. Mm-hmm. I remember when when I was younger, turning on the TV and seeing somebody kiss, even at 7 o'clock, was like, ooh, you know. And now, what don't they do on regular right. TV at 7 o'clock? Lucy so, and Ricky didn't even sleep in the same bed. Right. <laughs> For for the whole extent, you know, um, it's just like you know. I think we we lose sight of when they're desensitized, then things like this happen. Then mm-hmm. I will knock her head into a, a porcelain sink and mm-hmm. kill her, and not even realize that oh well that wasn't what I was trying to do. I don't realize the severity of it, you know. Because I'm desensitized to death, I don't even really appreciate life right now. You know, so it's 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 hard because I I and it it kills me the things that parents will fight for. I remember when Deadpool came out and it was said in its advertising, "This is not a movie for your children." It was Mm -hmm. said that was part of the advertising. Parents still took their children into this mm-hmm. movie and then had the audacity to be upset that it wasn't a film for kids. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you why they took them. They took them because their kids said, I want to see it. That's it. Just because the kids And instead of being able to tell our children no sometimes, we disobliged. And I see more parents obliging students now than I did even six years ago. And so now we ask ourselves a question. Is that the child's fault or is that the parents doing? Right. 
I mean, and that was my thing because my, my next angle with this whole conversation is we talk about um, privacy. That has been a big conversation. But I'm mm-hmm. telling you, as long as anybody is living in my house that I put clothes on, feed, pay a mortgage for, I can look at anything I want to look in. Even if you call it, if it's in my house and I take care of you, I'm going to look at that too. You know, that that's my philosophy. And when you get to the point where you don't want me looking at yourself, there's a door. I wish you the best. Make me proud, and you can come visit whenever you want to. As long as you live in this house, I don't look at a phone, an iPod, a purse, a backpack, a drawer under the bed. I don't look in your pocket if I want to because I don't need any surprises. And, I mean, and I, I do that. I do point checks on my kids, and I found things that I'm not proud to say that I found, but we had to ratify, rectify those situations. You know, we had to, okay, so we did this. I need to talk to this little boy's mama. We need to talk about what I found in this phone, and we'll have a face-to-face, and he needs to understand it's not acceptable on your end. So if he gets it, I'm going to have a problem with it, and vice versa. And and I'm real about that because I take my responsibility and I want it to be known that I would like for you to take responsibility for yours. Because if you're doing it and I find it, you open yourself up to let's talk about it. But I don't think a lot of parents see it that way. And to go a step further, that other child is my child. Mm-hmm. Because any child that affects my child is mine because it affects mm-hmm. mine. But mm-hmm. everybody, I'm looking at it like that because they say you can't talk to my child like this. Oh, you can't do. Mm-hmm. Listen, mm-hmm. if it's like you ever see a plant and they got a stick in the plant and you wrap the mm-hmm. the, the the thing around the plant, you know what I'm saying? Because you want to give that plant some kind of structure and teach it which way to grow. Mm-hmm. People will do that for their plants, but they won't do that for their children. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you have to show that child which way to grow. You have to give it that structure. You have to give it that stability so that it can grow around that. And then once you pull that stick out, it grows that way on its own. I like that. But we're not even doing that on our own with our children, but we do it to a, to something that's, you know what I'm saying, full of chlorophyll. Like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. It, it, I, I'm not understanding that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I just, I, I, I have... Because people don't understand that your children's cell phones or iPods, pads, whatever, they don't just use it at home and it's just the thing they do after school. Whatever happens there, it becomes a part of their school day. Believe me, that subculture, they know it before. I had a young lady come over to me distraught. Oh, man, miss, uh, I have a problem. What? I don't remember my password to my, I want to say it was Instagram. I said, okay, like, I'm trying to figure out how that has anything to do with me. Well, whoever it is, they know it, and they're getting on my Instagram, posting things about other people, and they want to fight me. I mean, it's turned into a problem in the school day. And I just need to know how, I just want to get on there and shut down my Instagram. And I'm like, okay. Well, now, how, how, what do I do? Do I say, oh, well, you should you take care of that when you get home? I can't do that because in the midst of my work day, in the space that I am in all day, 
all of these people are here together at the same time for at least five hours. So that puts me in some kind of harm's way because if they get to fighting, somebody in the space that I'm in is going to have to break it up or get into it or whatever. So the thing that I've never had to do that I have to do now is help her set up an email so that she can email Instagram to change her password so that she can then deactivate her Instagram. This is part of my school day now so that they can stop posting stuff that has people looking at her sideways through the school day. And I'm like, you know, parents don't realize that this stuff happens all day. Social mm-hmm. media is social media is 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. It's it's scary the things that they get into because they're I mean they're, they're children and children are curious by nature and so let's see if we can figure out her password and let's see if we can post stuff anonymously and get her into a fight because we don't really like her anyway. Just crazy stuff. I mean, I hear you. And I don't disagree with that. But this little girl or this little child, whoever it is, somebody ain't stumbled upon your password. You gave that shit to them. Oh, yeah. I mean, but they do that. This is the same children that will put their backpacks in each other's lockers. To them, it's the same thing. That's what I'm saying. You guys don't understand how nothing this is to them. To to let, to let people know their password, that ain't nothing to them. They don't care. Mm-hmm. It's just like they put their backpack in her locker because I had to go to class and I'll get it later. And later turns into she went home before I could get to her locker. Now all my stuff is locked in her locker. I don't have her combination, but my mom said I better not come home without my stuff. Now we have critical meltdown. It's just, for them, it's the same thing. Uh-huh. These, are, these, are, these are the trials of a school day. I mean, and it's the same degree. They have not learned that an account with your name on it it's almost like your bank account. You don't just let people in that. They don't they don't get mm-hmm. it. They don't get that all those things that could be posted on there in four or five more years, because, you know, I'm in the middle school, could mean you don't get that scholarship because they see some stuff you posted on your social media that you really didn't post, but now I can't mm-hmm. get your scholarship because we don't believe in that. They they don't know how these things can affect them. They're very in the moment, very in the moment. They still haven't figured out that friendships that they have are really temporary. So I'll give her all my passwords because that's my best friend today. In a week, I don't like her, but she still has all my passwords. So, yeah, you're right. She gave it to us. We don't deny that. I didn't deny that. I was like, why did you give her? You know, I'm questioning. Why would you give somebody your password? Really? You know, the more that the more I think on this, I need not throw that stone because I'm not the only one with some of my passwords. So <laughs> now, mind you, the person, the person who has my password, I've known for 25 plus years. So that's, <laughs> but the point is still right. It's still the same point that as a grown ass man, I have another man with my password. It's like, why is that? So I know what you gotta do. But. You know what? I think I'm going to shut up for the rest of the show. Yeah, you're not. You're not. You don't ever shut up for the rest of the show. Hey, be nice. <laughs> I I just wonder, like, Imaj, she probably went to sleep over there on us. 
listening. Imaj, so is it raining you? where you at? Is, is it raining, Imaj? Yes, it's raining where I am. Is it raining yes, where you are? Yes, it's raining where I'm at, too. <laughs> Yo, you wow. better not be below the Mason-Dixon line. You better be up the, up north. I'm on Norwood Road in Greensboro, North Carolina. You better. <laughs> okay, I'm about to sidebar this whole conversation. I understand where y'all are coming from about the kids because I got a, a 14-year-old that right now I'm we battling stuff like that. But the you in my city and you, you know what? Don't fucking You could have been doing the show together. No, but I've been face. drinking. I've been drinking. And and you act and like I don't have an endless supply of wine. <laughs> I got it. That's she had she drink all the time. She drinks just because she got cups. Because today is Wednesday. I mean, just because. Really? Come on now. You know what? I'm sick of you. I'm sick of you and your life. I, hey, hey, hey. I think it's a little bit of jealousy is what I think it is. You want to be. I think it's very rude for you to come to my city. And not be like, hey, I'm in your city. You're right. Hey, hey I'm in your city. It's after nine o'clock. It's after it nine o'clock. Count. I took my bra off. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, listen, listen. I'll be here till Friday. Let's go do lunch Friday. How about that? Oh, he's going to see you lunch. the day he's leaving so he can put you on a time limit. Like, I got I'll five be here till Saturday, actually. I'll be here till Saturday, actually, actually. Oh, he lied. Oh, he just lied to you. He just lied if to you. you. Want the truth, I don't know when the fuck I'm leaving, if you want the truth. <laughs> I mean, you've been, down, you've been down here for two weeks. Clearly. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think he's racist. You've been down here two weeks. This, I think it's a racist thing. Party. I don't think you were here for Dougie Fresh. I mean, seriously? Like, you know I what? think he's being racist. He, he has something against like you, Imaj, because you light-skinned. Right. And I got that good hair. See, this is that bullshit. It. Why are Negroes the only one that think light-skinned is a different race? Here's that bullshit. It is a different race. It's a different race. And, and you called her Becky. I heard you. <laughs> She is definitely a Negro because her attitude says Negroidian all over it. <laughs> yes, Negroidian is definitely an SAT word. It is. It is. I like it. God. It's a good one. It, it rolls off the tongue well. Good off the tongue, on the Facebook. Like, what is this double entendre shit you've been saying all night? <laughs> Only people been drinking these things. Everybody yeah, else I haven't been drinking today, so I'm okay. I haven't, I haven't been drinking today. You don't got to drink with a name like Cotton. That is <laughs> sexy. That's Cotton. Like, you sound soft and malleable. <laughs> Okay, so listen, even though I haven't been drinking, my brain did say, I wonder if her butt's soft like cotton. But anyway. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Excuse me. I haven't been drinking. I was just wondering. Y'all have, at least y'all waited to after the show to start the fuckery. 
and wash. Did you talk about her gluteus? Lord have mercy. <laughs> oh, Ron, shut up. You taught it, too. You I did. Damn it. sure did. I damn sure did. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> see, this is why we could have did the show together, and you could have seen my facial expression without seeing cotton. <laughs> <laughs> like, she grew up. Um, her name was Cotton. Her name used to be Cottonelle. <laughs> I just want you to be careful, Cotton. If you feel a hand across your butt, probably mom. She has a thing for booty. <laughs> Why are you telling my booty? Anybody that listens to our show knows you have a thing for booty. <laughs> she does, and I would advise you not to go to church with her. <laughs> Why do you always want to go there? <laughs> that wasn't me. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. I knew I was with you every time. 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 Whatever, no, you don't. Ron, this is what you do. You stay till Monday, and you can go to church with me on Sunday. Oh, that's what no, 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 We ain't trying to burn down no church. You know, I'm a heathen. I'm a, I don't know if I'm a heathen. I'm not a heathen. I go to church. If I oh, go to church on Sunday, won't nobody go to church the following Sunday because that shit would be ashes. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. I can't stand oh. I'm just trying to help y'all. I want y'all to have a place of worship. Mm-mm-mm. I'm just trying to understand why your black silk is really in my city. And you know what? I'm just trying to understand it. Why, Ron? Why? I mean, personally, I'm down here taking care of a little business, and it took a little longer than I thought it was going to take. You know, I'm a businessman. Well, so, you know. Oh, my bad. That, oh, don't ex- that doesn't explain... You, you've you eaten how many times since you've been here? Then you had the audacity to act like you cooked your own meal. But anyway, it sounds like you I was in Wilmington the other day, and we had a good time at the uh, at the Carolina Ale House. It was some beers drunk, some billiards played. It was a good night. Yeah, I mean, people always have a good time at the Carolina Ale House. We have one here. It's always a fun time. Always. Always. In any city that you go to, it's always a fun time. And Wilmington is actually a party city, cause, but they're getting ready to, their schools are getting ready to stop for the semester. So, so. so here I go at Outback Steakhouse, not to go on a tangent, but I'm at Outback. I'm like, I need, I need something to eat. So I went and got me some shrimp and french fries. I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting at the thing at the, at the bar. So I said, well, give me a shot of Hennessy. So I'm drinking my little shot. I'm watching the game on the, on, on the screen. And this dude is to the right of me on the phone. And every five seconds or ten seconds, I keep hearing him saying, like, fuck, fuck, shit, shit. I'm like, damn, son, you must be, like, in a hell of a conversation. So he gets off the phone, and he's in his in his emotions, and he turned to me. He said, yo, I hate this place. And, and then I looked at him, and I'm like, damn, son, you got a splint on your hand, and you got crutches? Like, you fucked up. So he goes and starts telling me he just got shot. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to talk to you no more. <laughs> because obviously you're a target. He started going on and telling me how he getting shot up because he was at the club trying to break up a fight. And I'm saying to myself, what kind of fuckery is going on in North Carolina? 
Oh, yeah, it's real. <laughs> Did you ask him what club he was at? I can say no. I didn't want no time. specifics. I didn't want no specifics. I just needed to get my shrimp and get the fuck up out of Outback Steakhouse. Because this dude, <laughs> his finger was blown off. They blew his finger. He pulls up his hoodie. He shows me where the catheter and the, and, and the colostomy bag was at. I'm like, yo, nigga, you were mm. hurt. <laughs> but he wanted yeah. a steak. <laughs> he needed to eat. He was eating a steak. He damn sure was eating a steak. Yes, he was. He was old. <laughs> you damn sure they was. They didn't shoot his appetite. They didn't shoot his appetite. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I came from New York and I ain't seen none of that. I get to North Carolina and motherfuckers got bullets still in them. I'm like, yo, what is going on in this country ass hick town? Yeah, it's real down here. It's, they had a shoot in, well, in Durham. They had a shootout in front of the main hospital today. Well, they right. didn't have to travel far to get bandaged. This system, and it's one of the good hospitals, like Duke University Hospital. Like, really? Oh, that's that's really? Was... Like, they get some real good treatment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, these Negroes. I mean, that's, no when you know, that's when you want to shoot, but you don't want to die. I, that's what I would say. Wow. I don't know. That was just a mess. And then, you know, you have, there's always something. It's like, this, people here are bored. So they don't have anything to do. Like downtown That's earlier true. today, um, a teenage girl is just walking downtown, and this guy tries to rob her. It's just a good Samaritan to stop this other person from robbing her. Like, why are y'all doing this? Like, it's just boredom, and they don't have anything else to do. And people are out of work. They just closed down um, one of the uh, cigarette makers or whatever. So it's like it's just a whole bunch of people in one place with nothing to do. That's why I work from home. I don't have to go outside too often. So, yeah. But I do eat lunch. I get it. I get it. I, I mean, y'all, y'all are crazy down here. And I, and I eat dinner. And I eat breakfast. Mm. The fuck? All you do is eat. <laughs> yeah. How about this? How about this? How about we go play pool and we get drunk? That's we can't go to the hood. I don't, I don't go to the hood. We I don't go to the hood to play pool. I don't do that because the only good place to go play pool is this little hole in the wall with one way in and one way out. And I went there one time and that was it for me. I'm saying though, but can you show me that place? That sounds like it might be a good place to go chill. Mm. You remember how that dude just got shot and he still got his capital engine? Okay, my bad, my bad. I apologize. Okay. We're not going there. No, we're not going there. <laughs> like, I'm trying to tell you, it's one way in and one way out. Like, and they search okay. you. It's women, it, this is how bad it is. Women can't even take their purses in. Stop it. What kind of goddamn godforsaken talent is this? <laughs> When a woman takes a person to an establishment, that tells me that she has the gun in her tootie box. That's what that tells me. Yes. I told you I went one time because my friend was like, oh, I want to play pool for my birthday. Okay, girl, we'll go. Yeah, let's go. I'll get to the door. You know, I'm a big person. So I was like, okay. 
He was like, ma'am, you can't bring that in here. You can bring your wallet. What? Wow. I said, you mean to tell me this was a nice little coach bag I got? I can't bring it in. I got to take my stuff out of here and then come in. He was like, you can bring your wallet as long as you have your ID and everything. I said, I looked at my friend. I said, where the hell you got me at? Wow. And she was like, but they have the best pool tables. I said, and again, where do you have me at? Wait, she said they have the best what? Pool tables. Like what? they have like ten. Like the, they have like ten tables and or whatever. And I was like, Why do you have me here? I said, Now you know I'm your your kind of stuck up friend. Why do you have me here? Uh, uh, I said uh. we I said we could have celebrated your house, your birthday at the house. I could have made you some good drinks. We could have had a good time. We could play the cord. No one roll where y'all where I'm at now. We could we got some fun going on over here. It's a good Norwood Road. I don't even know where that's at. Norwood. K N O L L W O O D. Norwood Road. Why does that sound like that's in the ghetto? Wait a minute. No, it's not in the ghetto. It's actually a pretty nice all right, so let me say this. Being from the big city, I'm confused because like ninety eight percent of these houses are one fucking story. Like none of these shits got two floors. Like what the fuck is going on out here? <laughs> no, we got um we got two story houses. What the heck, Sound Like it's like every every other house, like every other block, you see a two story house. I'm like, yo, this is some real country Laura Ingle shit. Mm-mm. Okay, I, I know where you are. You're out near West Market. Oh, okay. I told you there's a place called Come Park Plaza. That's in Burlington, man. Burlington, Greenwood, Bur- same. It's right next to each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Two different places. No, 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 no. I'm two sorry. Not, not Greenwood, Greensboro. My bad, Greensboro. Two, two different places. Two different counties. Yes, yeah, two yeah, different yeah, yeah. mayors. Everything. So mm, bring your ass. I'm like, how about that? You know where I'm at. Why don't you just bring your ass? How about that? That's what clock up to my bra. No. Anyway. After 9 o'clock. No. And it's, it's raining. It's, it's, actually, it's actually not 9 o'clock yet. It's tomorrow. You over there with? Are oh, you in a nice little neighborhood? You're over there by the Starmont Country Club. I told you this is a nice little neighborhood. Yes, they quiet. They you don't. Over the, you over there by the country clubs and whatnot. Yeah, it, it, it's very quiet over here. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, listen, this is the second time I've been down here in like a month, and this is a. a I can't live down here, but I can visit down here on a regular basis. But they, they just two countries for me. What's too country for you? I mean, I need to understand what do you mean by country. All right, the fact that you said country. <laughs> <laughs> What's too country for you? <laughs> when you say you, well, Y O U U U U U, that's fucking too country for me. <laughs> okay, y'all do realize that it's time to be gone, right? <sighs> I yes, told you I've been drinking. I don't know no time. Oh, Lord. 
Okay, well, yeah, I'm telling you. Oh, boy. Okay, hey, 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 shut Hola. up. Shut Hola. up. Come shut up. up. Especially okay. Ron, who doesn't even know what time it is. Shut up, Ron. It's okay, 12, so 13. It's I know what time it is. Trust me, I need a sandwich right now, so I know exactly what you need. It's time to tell everybody good night, Ron. Good night, Ron. Good. <laughs> oh, good night, Imaj, my love. Good night, Boo Thang. And we'll see you uh, next week. Good night, Imaj. Why don't you come on through? Pull up. Say what? He said hey, he'll be on? here for the rest of the week, so pull up because he'll be there. Good. We got to say goodnight to our tomorrow. guest because she endured all of the second part of the show. <laughs> she is a winner. <laughs> Thanks she for being a winner. She can see What? Shut up. Oh. Oh, I can't believe he's still talking about the butt. Oh. <laughs> Forgive him, Cotton. No problem. <laughs> good night. He's been drinking tonight, so you know this is good. This is. I think he just got his to that um that creek water that they like to serve the down creek here. Creek water. <laughs> uh uh-uh. uh. As soon as I got down here, I bought me a twelve pack of Fiji. I don't drink this shit y'all got down here. <laughs> creek water is not really creek water. Mm. Bootleg moonshine. Whatever. He didn't know. He don't know no better. He's a city slicker. He doesn't know anything. He don't know. He has no idea. Yep. What in the tar nations? I hate him. Okay, so good night, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for hanging out with us, and we'll be back. How about that? Say good night, everybody. Good night. Good night to everybody. Idiot, say good night. Say good night, Ron. That's too disrespectful. Good night, Ron. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> I've been drinking. I've been drinking. <laughs> 